This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Views and opinions expressed in the podcast and social media are our own and do not represent that of our places of work. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions, or corrections of errors. Welcome to Nothing Nothing Happens in a Small Town. So I would say happy 4th of July, but it's really not a very happy 4th of July. Um, Yeah, it's... Well, I mean, I think you guys probably figure out that the two of us um, care about women's rights, equal rights across the board. Yes. And, you know, having a planet... That would be good. Yeah. So um, the recent actions of the Supreme Court have us both just kind of going, wow. Mm-hmm. But. Very sad, in, in my opinion, just because there's, I'm sorry, but <laughs> guns have more rights than women do right now. Yeah. And that is wrong to me. I, I just... Um, no matter what your beliefs are, you know, taking away women's rights, and I think there are going to be more coming down. And that's scary, because we've worked hard over the years, women of women of color, especially have been really oppressed through the years. The LGBTQ uh, community, particularly trans people are being really called out in some of the state legislatures and the the laws being put in place to guard against something that isn't actively happening. Yes. And it's mind boggling. It really is. And, you know, I think no matter what your beliefs are, just try and remember that, like, you know, you're not in somebody else's shoes. You don't know what somebody else is going through. And putting your beliefs onto somebody else, that's not fair. It's, It's oppression. It is. Um, and just thinking of, uh, we talk about, if not we particularly, but people in general talk about ownership and things they can do. Mm-hmm. Can you truly own anything if you don't even have total bod- bodily autonomy over yourself? Right. I mean, I uh, I don't know if I've mentioned it here before, but I actually had a hysterectomy a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And my husband only went to one appointment and he was appalled at the level of, and by then the appointment was pretty, it was the last one before the surgery. And he's just like, seriously, we've, we've talked about this. We're okay with not having the uterus there anymore. Duh, because the offending organ has produced all sorts of things that are um, painful and to the detriment of my wife's health. And good God, I don't want a teenager when I'm in my 70s <laughs> screaming at me how I've, uh, you know, ruined their life or something along those lines. But it's, you know, even getting appointments for stuff like that wasn't necessarily easy before this ruling. No. And I'm a pretty forward speaking person. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I do my research and I think my doctors pay attention when I say stuff. So, and I also have the privilege of being white and middle aged. So, mm-hmm. well, and like I have my tubes tied at 27. And I remember the hassle you went yes. through. Yes. I got an IUD before I had any children, before I was even married. It was actually right before we got married, and I expected and was prepared for a big fight for that one, too, because, oh, well, you haven't had any children yet. You're like, and I can't take hormones. Right. (laughs) (laughs) As evidenced by the times I have. (laughs) But, yeah, making those decisions actually have a lot to do with actual health, and right now there are... Things that doctors cannot perform that actually don't have anything to do with abortions. Right. So it's uh, it's kind of wild and woolly. It is. In our minds. And it's just something that we felt since we have a platform, as small as it may be. Yes. <laughs> 
And, you know, we, we usually don't speak out on politics or anything, but when this is affecting so many people, it, it's one of those things where, you know, we need to use our voices as much as we can to support other women, to support LGBTQ, to support, you know, the people whose rights are being taken away right now. And are at risk. I yeah. mean, the fact that one of the Supreme Court justices actually called out that they we should relook at gay marriage and a bunch mm-hmm. of other topics. And I was just like, oh, can we not, please? No. Right. And I know there are those who are confused. How the heck can they overrule something that was already decided at the Supreme Court? Because yes. they went after a particular thing. And how the heck aren't those couple of justices who spoke under oath saying they would not do anything with regard to Roe v. Wade and now have. How is that legal and just? Yes. At the end of the days that at the end of the day that is perjury. And you know, our our country is <laughs> based on justice for all. Freedoms. Not, yeah. Freedom and justice for all. And you know, again, it's one of these things where I understand, you know, I grew up with a lot of beliefs and a lot of my beliefs have changed over the years. And, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, you you can have your beliefs. Nobody's saying you can't. But when it affects other people's rights. Yes, when it infringes on another person's ability to live their life as they see fit. And I'm sorry, but how is somebody else's you know, what they do affecting you. It's not, (laughs) you know, you you don't like what they do. That's okay. You know, you don't have to associate with that person. You don't have to, you don't have to be a part of their lives. You can, you know, and and that's the thing that has always kind of bugged me when it comes to a lot of these things. It's like, it's not even affecting you. I mean, why is it a problem? Um, yeah, and that's, I mean, there's definitely been, uh, in the last mm, six to eight years, there's been an uptick, in, and it feels like we're going backwards. Yes. And just this, uh, was it yesterday or this morning, I was talking about it again this morning with my husband, we were talking about, he had a hard time grasping that a woman wasn't able to open a checking account until the 1960s, yeah. and a woman wasn't allowed to open a credit card in her name until a year before I was born. It's like, it's like you were born, your mother could not get a, a credit card yeah. is what I'm saying to my husband. He's just like, that's insane. It really is. It really is. And, and, and part of me is like, so when will I go to being a woman who cannot go out in public where my burqa and TNA will no longer mean what it means to us now? And it'll be toes and ankles like mm-hmm. we used to joke about when I used to go to Saudi Arabia. Nice. Yeah. Abayas, burkas, all those fun clothing items. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. yeah so we just we, wanted to get that out there. Yeah. yeah. And now we'll move on to what we normally love to talk, talk about. about, which is murder. murder. <laughs> <laughs> so this one is in Mena, Arkansas. And this is um, submitted by my mom's friend. And I'm sorry, but I don't know your name. But thank you, mom's friend. Thank for- you, mom's friend. Uh, submitting it and I'll try and get your name if you would like to be credited we will happily do so yes Um, so this is uh, Bethany Joe Wester who was 43 at the time that she was reported missing Um, she didn't show up for a week and actually at work yes right (laughs) sorry yes at work and um, her body was found before she was reported I, missing, actually. Right. So they had a body that they couldn't identify. Yes. And it was once her boss reached out to the police saying, hey, this you know, uh, employee of mine hasn't shown up for a week. That's when they started going, well, let's see if this body we found is, is that person. person. Which it was. And the police went to her house and there they met this uh, lovely person, really not lovely person, <laughs> uh, Brian Bliss, uh, not blissful at all, uh, Travis, who 
um, was there, and he was arrested on the spot for a outstanding in, warrant. Yes, yeah. outstanding warrant. And um, so her body was found on April 25th of 2017. Um, it was found in a creek southeast of Cove, Arkansas, uh, which is a few miles south of Hatfield, Arkansas. Arkansas. And, um, you know, then um, a couple of days later, her mm. uncle was found. Yes, they actually had figured out who she was and went to notify him of her death. And in notifying him, they found him dead. Yes. So he was found dead at his home. In Hatfield. In Hatfield. And they immediately, I, I we don't know the details of the murders. That's one thing I am going to say. Up they front. have not. They put a gag order on it yes. early on. And there's like, you can search to the cows come home. So yes. if anybody has extra details and would love to share them, please contact happy us. happy to revisit yeah. this episode. <laughs> we would like to know. Inquiring minds would really like to know. I want to know. Sorry, the commercials. <laughs> We're old. I um, love those commercials. So her uncle, Stephen Payne, he was 66 years old at the time of his death. And um, then the authorities went into overdrive because... Two children. We're missing. He has... Yeah, Bethany Joe had two children and they were missing. So 70 to 80 certified law enforcement personnel from the FBR, FBI, FBR. That'd be FBI. an interesting one. <laughs> <laughs> Arkansas Game and Fish, Arkansas State Parks, U.S. Forest Service, MENA Police Department, Montgomery County Sheriff's Office, and the Granis Police Department joined in the search for the children. That's a lot of people, but when, you know, they were so behind the curve already, they didn't know exactly when she'd been killed. Right. Um, Yeah, they might have determined some of it from the autopsy, but you're just like, what the heck? Now there's kids. Right. They're well behind that 24 hours to search for a missing and endangered child. And they're very young kids. So Aislinn Wester, who is her daughter, is was only two years old and she was found not far from her her mother um she was found april 28th and then later later that day riley scarborough uh he was 10 years old at the time of his death and he was found in a wooded area west of hatfield so he was miles from the other two and you really wonder what the heck that was about because again we have no, no details. details none oh <laughs> so what are we going to talk about for an hour <laughs> um yeah so unfortunately we do know a lot about brian bliss travis which great yeah so he was 37 years old now a lot of the articles i read claim that he was the boyfriend um from what i saw bethany was still married to her uh, a strange husband. husband. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He, they were still married from everything I saw too, because yeah. I went and looked through a bunch of articles as well to try to see if maybe I could eke something out too. Who yeah, knows? I know. I, I was even searching again this morning to see, hey, Ditto. any more details? Yeah, you know. So at least a lot of the articles that I did read are really fresh in my mind, right? <laughs> um. So yeah, she was still my, married to Michael Wester, who is the father of um, Aislinn. Aislinn. Now, um, her son was born earlier in Reno, Nevada. Um, I'm not sure who his dad was. Right. Yeah, because she's uh, from the north. Yes. So she's actually from, was it Oregon? Oregon? Or? Yeah. I think it was Oregon. And um, so it looked like at one point she had moved to Reno. And it seems like there's some family members in Reno. And then when they end up ended up in Arkansas again with family members so it seemed like it seemed to me like from what I was reading she probably would had a very tight-knit family and she just you know when she decided it was time to move from one place to another she the location she chose was where where she would have some support which makes total sense exactly so um they they did claim that uh Brian was Bethany's boyfriend um and he did confess to the murders um he told authorities where to find Riley and he was one scary dude yeah 
Um, and he had an alias. Yes. Lucky? Lucky Travis. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I know. I say, sure. Whatever. <laughs> he is basically covered in tattoos, which I am too. So, I mean, I love well, tattoos. Your tattoos but... don't go. Basically, if you put a shirt on him, then you wouldn't see tattoos because he had none on his neck. But they started like right at like the neckline yes. of a regular shirt. Right. And some of his tattoos are um, white power. Yes. So he did have Joyful. a swastika. Um, don't know. Yeah. I didn't write down any of the others, but I know he had a lot. Yeah. I um, s- basically, one of the shots I saw of him is like, I couldn't even discern what they were looking like because they were all monochromatic yes. and tight. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it was not the best picture. So. Right. Um, but he has quite the prison record. Uh-huh. Um, so charge number one, breaking and entering in 1998. Charge number two, <laughs> forgery in 1998. Charge number three, breaking and entering in 1998. Charge number four, breaking, breaking and, and entering. And these are different dates in 98. Yes. It's like you start with what was the first one was like April. Then yeah. you go... August, August or July, August and July. July. So apparently that's yeah. just when they were um, brought at him. And then 10, October, October. Yeah. So charge number five, commercial burglary, 1998. Uh, charge number six, commercial burglary, in, in 2000. 2000. Uh, charge number seven, theft of property in 2004. Charge number eight, commercial Burglary. burglary again in 2000 charge number nine failure, <laughs> failure to, to appear, appear in 2006 <laughs> uh charge number 10 commercial commercial, commercial burglary, burglary again 2000 um charge number 11 commercial burglary, burglary in 2006 theft, theft of property 2004 number 13 residential <laughs> burglary 2009 Number 14, theft of property, 2009. I'm guessing those two were together. Firearm, certain person. That's weird, but whatever. I'm guessing he already, he wasn't allowed to have firearms because he was already a convicted felon. Yes. Um, And then charge number 16, he has a little break. (laughs) He might have been in jail for a little of this time. Yeah. I mean, it goes 2009. (laughs) Now it's 2017. Capital murder. So he he, he upgraded. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, so program achievements. I love this. These are not good kinds of achievements, in my opinion. Um, so three anger management courses, two Congratulations. abuse courses, <laughs> Congratulations. one domestic violence course, Eek. one thinking errors course. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. I can't help it. I sit here and go, I make bad choices. <laughs> <laughs> you think after, you know. No, just a few. few. And those are the things he was caught doing? Yes. Um. So in 2019, he did plead guilty and was sentenced to life in prison. And they were well on the way to going to trial. Yes. At this point. Um, he never gave, gave a reason. Um, details have never been released. And the Pro- Polk County Prosecutor's Office said that it will not release any additional information on this case. So, yeah, they, they put a gag order, like we said. So basically, there was an order banning all the parties involved from speaking to the media about the case. And again, since there's been nothing new, I mean, it's hard to find a, an article on something that isn't going to be very newsworthy. Right. Why would you write an article about it? Yes. Um, I'm not aware of them ever lifting that rule. And, you know, maybe somebody somewhere someday will go and talk to our buddy, Travis, yeah. lucky Travis, and maybe yeah. we'll learn more information about it. So, yeah, this is definitely a small town. It is. Um, Polk County itself, as of the 2010 census, had a population of 20,662. The county seat being Mina, which is where she lived at the time. It's the 48th county in Arkansas. It's on the very western edge of the state. 
um, about middle from north to south, uh, formed in November 30th, 1844, and named for the 11th president of the United States, James Polk. It is in a dry county. Wow. However, there are several restaurants and a local brewery. You're like, dry county, local. I'm going to make a brewery here. Sure. Sure. They have licenses to serve alcohol within city limits. Oh. I have lived in a dry county before in Texas. It wasn't on purpose. Hmm. Or no, I think we were adjacent to a dry county. And I remember seeing the little sign and going, don't want to live here. (laughs) (laughs) It was when I was in the military. I, I... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's kind of interesting, but I guess they would probably get a lot of business being like the only place, place? where you could get alcohol. Yeah, hmm. I'm sure. I don't know. That's interesting. And um, one of the reasons so many of those different um, uh, law agencies were involved is there's actually a very large national forest hmm. that part of it spans Polk County called Wachita National Forest. It's a vast congressionally designated national forest. It goes between Arkansas and par- portions of Oklahoma. And it's over, a, it's almost 2 million acres, including a mountain range. And it's the French for Washita, which was uh, in the Native American tongue, good hunting grounds. And I just pulled up really quick. You can see, hmm, what is the racial makeup of this lovely place in Ooh. Arkansas? Yeah. Very white. Very white. Hmm. And a little bit of, I mean, the next largest group is... Native American? Or no, is it, no? Latin, uh, other oh. mixed. <laughs> Oh, okay. But actually listed is Hispanic, Latino. So yeah, it's like 84% white. They <laughs> the actual number of African American people in here in 2010 was 39. Wow. Yeah. So, yep. Hmm. Not that I that's uh surprising in any way. So again, Mina, the county seat, it actually as of the 2020 census had 55,000 people in it. So not that big and is surrounded by that national forest. Mm -hmm. It's the gateway to some of the most visited tourist attractions in Arkansas. Hmm. Now that's not far from where, how far away from your foot? Where is your, where are your folks? They're more on the um, Eastern side of the state because they're, they're closer to Little Rock. Right, right, right. I was trying to remember. I was like, I don't yeah. remember. But anyhow, yeah. And it's primarily wooded. Um, there's very little water hmm. in the area. I was giggling that notable people include a person named Barry Seal, pilot, businessman, and drug smuggler. <laughs> <laughs> he was the number one notable person. <laughs> so that one cracked me up just a little bit. Yes. <laughs> very proud. <laughs> Very proud. So proud. <laughs> um, there's also a Korean Medal of Honor recipient, football players, politicians, and a com- the comedic pair who played Lum and Abner. For any of you who remember those old radio then TV shows, they're uh, basically the the whole premise is they're constantly stumbling upon money making ideas, only to find themselves fleeced by their nemesis Squire Skimp before finally making a way to redeem themselves. Um, They have kind of like a hillbilly flair going on. So I thought I'd look up crime stats just because. Crime is ranked between 1 and 100, 1 being low, 100 high. Violent crime in Polk County is at 19.4. The U.S. average is 22.7. So... Good yeah. for violent crime. And this fits very well with Mr. Travis's uh, yeah. property crime is 50.7. Wow. <laughs> the U.S. average is 35.4. So basically, petty thievery and mm-hmm. stuff like that is the most common type of crime there. So if you live there and you don't have a ring camera, you might <laughs> want to get one. Maybe. Maybe. Possibly. And in the past 20 years, or actually I think the the thing I was looking at after I put 20, I remember seeing it only had 17 years of stats. There are only two years in which there were any murders in Mina. Okay. 18 and 2018 and 17.4, mm-hmm. which what up with the 20.4 i couldn't figure out what that was about maybe it was unborn child of somebody who was murdered could be 
but you know they didn't actually reveal the point four. Yeah, <laughs> and that was in 2012. So it's uh, murder, not so much, but it's also a really low population. Yeah. So, hmm. but yeah, in 17 years, two years where there are murders, it's not terrible. Yeah. But again, the murders that we're talking about were in 2017, and they weren't attributed to Mina because uh. they happened outside of Mina. They, well, well they, they they were found outside of they Mina. Were found, yeah, I was going to say, because we don't know the details. Yeah, we don't know where, where they were killed. And or... I'm guessing we don't, either they don't know or it wasn't there right. because the stats don't, yeah. I don't know. I'm presuming and here. And it could be, you know, I mean, like, it, since she was found in the woods, she may have been Which killed Which is closer there, to Hat- and, Hatfield. Yeah. Yeah. So, and... I don't, yeah. Which, of I, course, every time I say... I mean, we can sp- yeah. speculate, speculate like crazy. Don't know. Yeah. And part of me really, really, really wonders if there was a child molestation, molestation yeah, piece. I know. I was... With the 10-year-old boy. Thinking about that, too, because he was found so far from away. It's yeah. like, that's kind of weird. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, maybe someday... Somebody knows. Yeah, somebody Gosh, knows. darn it. Yeah. Tell us. Come on. Um, I want to know. So a little bit that I was able to find about, you know, the victims. victims. Um, So Bethany Jo, she was born November 4th, 1973. Her parents are James and Carrie Scarborough. From Washington. Yep. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Tapanish. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Um, Uh. (laughs) Not sure. But, um, you know. I, I do know, yeah, that she was from ever Washington, somewhere in that Oregon. area, but yeah, yeah Washington. Um, so she loved her children and family. Uh, she enjoyed reading, camping, and listening to country music. She worked for Elite Home Health in Nashville at one point in time because that's not that close to where she is in right. Arkansas. But maybe she was like working for them there. I don't know. How I don't that, know. Yeah. This was from her obit- obituary. I remember right. reading that. Yeah. Um, so then her daughter, Aislinn Carrie Wester, was born March 3rd, 2015. Her father is Michael Wester. She loved playing with her baby dolls. She loved her brother and her cousins. And she was such a cutie. Yeah. Just like, aww. Um, Riley Scarborough, he was born May 19th, 2007 in Reno, Nevada. He went to Holly Harshman elementary in Mina. He loved playing video games like most boys that age. That age yep. um, enjoyed playing sports, Cub Scouts, and riding his bicycle. Uh, Stephen Payne, this is the uncle. He was born May 2nd, 1950. His parents were James Floyd and Joyce Hewlett O'Brien. He was born in Fontana, Fontana. California. He served in the Navy during Vietnam. He was stationed on the supercarrier USS Kitty Hawk. He enjoyed photography and rock and roll. <laughs> he liked working on the farm in Washington. He loved his family and his animals. The memorial for all of them was held at the Christian Motorcycle Association, and they were buried in the Six Mile Cemetery in Hatfield. I'm just, ugh, man. I know. Just, I mean, those kids were so young. They were. Two and ten, and you're just like, ugh. Yeah. And, like you said, so cute, and just... I mean, kids, what, I mean, a two-year-old, what yeah. in the world did that two-year-old do to you? Right. Jackal. And, you know, I kind of do wonder, like, I mean, it. I do know it seems like at least he took a break from his... Um, Life of crime, or at least probably because he, he was in jail. Yeah, <laughs> but it's kind of one of those things where you wonder how he got into her life to begin with. Right. You know, I mean, it just—he doesn't seem. She seems like a very caring, nurturing person, and maybe he just took advantage of that. But possibly, and there is that whole bad boy syndrome mm. that some of us get into at some point in time. True. I mean, I've been there. 
<laughs> She's like, I get Fine. it. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, at the same time, you'd think a mother of two young children would also be kind of cautious of right. who she brings into her, her life. So, right. So, and then you, it makes you wonder, did he really do it? Was he really her boyfriend or was he like a co-worker or, or some other... Somebody she was helping out or... I yeah. mean, because... Yeah, I don't know. I hate not having any details. I know. If Me you have too. details, please, please, please. <laughs> um, because you're just like, how did he just happen upon her? How right. did they get together? I mean, right. How did I end up meeting my husband while well, he was actually, um, you know, washing his car in the parking lot <laughs> when, the day I got to England, RAF Mildenhall? What a cutie. <laughs> had to go say hi to the hot guy. <laughs> but, you know, you don't know. How did they meet? Did, right. Um, since they all were, the memorial was at this motor- motorcycle association, it could be that they were all into bikes. It could be, yeah. Um, there's so many I don't knows. Yeah. Um, pretty sure he has no military veteran service going on there to end up being buddies with her uncle. Right. But maybe he was a mechanic, mechanically inclined. I don't know. Throwing out yeah. all these assumptions and maybe what ifs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So thank you, but no thank you. Gosh darn it, because we don't have details. details. No details. So in lieu of details, Tara went down a major rabbit hole with regard to the USS Kitty Hawk because, well... Navy ships are cool. Yeah. <laughs> that would be the ship that um, her uncle, uh, Brain, Stephen Payne, uh, sh- he w- was on during Vietnam. So the USS Kitty Hawk, CV-63, um, was decommissioned, is a decommissioned United States Navy supercarrier. What is a supercarrier? It's the second naval ship named after the Kitty Hawk, which I think you all know Kitty Hawk, North Carolina, Wright Brothers, all that fun stuff. And first of three Kitty Hawk class aircraft carriers to be commissioned and the last one to be decommissioned. So it was the longest serving of the Kitty Hawk class. Um, it was laid down, which I love the, the terminology, laid down. It was built in the by the New York Shipbuilding Corporation in Camden, New Jersey. Um, the ship was, well, started, oh, I guess laid down is when they started building it. Started building it on 27 December 1956. It was launched on the 21st of May 1960. So almost four years. And instead of using what they call the conventional slide-down method, she was they actually flooded her dry dock because they were afraid that due to her mass, she might hit the Philadelphia shore <laughs> Wow! <laughs> on the far side of the Delaware if they actually did the sliding down gravitational type launching, which had me going, what are the ways you launch a, a ship? And there's four types. One of them is gravitational, which has three different versions of its own floating out, which is the dry dock um, mm-hmm. filling mechanical, which there's a whole bunch of different ways to mechanically launch a boat. And you're like, wedge-shaped me- mechanized vehicles launching. Say what now? Slope change transverse area mechanized vertical chute launching. These things just sound awesome. <laughs> I now want to kind of watch every single one. And then there's airbag launching, which um, they actually just fill these airbags underneath the ship. And they're cylindrical. with They basically look like a bunch of little torpedoes, and they fill them up with air. Hmm. I'm like, okay, now I now know the four different ways to launch a ship because why not? Wow. I was an Air Force, y'all. I kind of am intrigued by boats. I also lived on a sailboat for a little while. It's kind of cool. So she was commissioned on the 29th of April, 1961. So about 11 months after she was floated at the Philadelphia Naval Shipyard with Captain William F. Bringle in command. So she became a United States warship. She became the United States warship with the second longest active status in 1998. Um, Bad me for not actually checking which one is the longest. Somebody probably knows. The Enterprise passed her in 2012. She became the longest. She got her record in, I think it was 1998. For 10 years, she was uh, forward deployed at Yokosuka. Yokusa Naval Base in Yokosuka, Japan. 
In October of 2008, she was replaced by the George Washington, and she returned to the United States, and they started the decommissioning process. Her ceremony was on the 31st of January, 2009, officially decommissioned on the 12th of May, 2009, after 48 years of service. Can you imagine that? A boat floating out there for 48 years. That's, yeah, a long time. Yeah, she was replaced by the George H.W. Bush aircraft carrier. She was stricken from the register of naval vessels in 20 October 2017 and designated for disposal by dismantling a few days later. She left Puget Sound in January 15th of 2022 and towed to Brownsville, Texas for scrapping and arrived there just this last May 31st. So (laughs) decommissioning a ship takes a really long time, especially when they're massive. Because this was a really big aircraft carrier. And actually, she started out only doing aircraft carrier business Hmm. and then becoming a super carrier she uh, transitioned to doing submissions like searching for subs and stuff like that so they uh, through her time she was retrofitted a number of different times to be able to hold more like the depth charges and all that fun stuff and different helicopters and you know the sub sniffing stuffs wow She's, I went through a really long rabbit hole because I like <laughs> boats. Um, and here's just some random things I thought were kind of cool bits and pieces. She sailed around Cape Horn, which I think is so cool. Yeah. Um, she was in two different films. One of them was the 1966 Walt Disney comedy, Lieutenant Robin Crusoe, USN. Um, and I'll talk about the other one in a minute. In November of 1966, she sailed into the Pacific. Um, She started 24-hour flight operations for Vietnam on the 5th of November. So this would be the time frame-ish that um, Mr. uh, Payne, yeah, right? Stephen Payne? Yeah. Yeah. Brain. I keep, I'm so stuck on the damn ship, I can't remember people's names. But anyhow, (laughs) but that's about the time frame he was on board. And I didn't actually see anything where it said what his job in the navy was but yeah i could there's so I didn't many jobs anything. on an yeah. aircraft carrier mm. i'm sure lots um on 12 october 1972 she was en route to her station in the gulf of tonkin where a race riot involving more than 200 sailors broke out mm. nearly 50 sailors were injured in this widely publicized event the incident result resulted in a congress congressional inquiry into discipline in the navy Mm. so like she's just got all these milestones that happened and i was like race riot race riot i've heard this term before but since we weren't around in the 60s i just tried to make sure so it's called a race riot though i don't know if necessarily i think that's rather inflammatory language but it's because there's race racial dissensions or hatreds and then it's a riot yeah i call it disagreement She's suffered two major fires while on deployment from November 1967 to 1968. She experienced a fire while in port at Subic Bay and went into general quarters for 51 hours. I'm like, okay, Navy, what the heck is general quarters? (laughs) That's all hands man your battle stations. So basically everybody was to fight the fire i see so that sounds like one heck of a fire yeah 51 hours yeah that's wow and i don't have any like details on that one but mm-hmm. the other one 11 december 1973 during routine maintenance to the ship's fuel oil systems in the number one machinery room a flange gasket failed in one of the fuel transfer tubes of jp5 jet fuel that passed through the number one engine Jet fuel was sprayed, atomized, and ignited. It's um, JP. I don't. I don't know much about five. I know about JP eight and JP six because those were fuels that were used while I was in. And basically, like JP eight, you can put a, like you take a lit match and drop it into JP eight and it won't fire. It won't. Hmm. It won't become fire. It's the um, fumes that are flammable, oh. not the fuel. Huh. So that's basically it became aerosolized so therefore it was flammable gotcha so um it took they actually went into general quarters for nearly 38 hours due to the massive amounts of thick black smoke the crew was ordered topside to the flight deck until the fire could be controlled and the smoke cleared 
because two or, then then three of the f- ship's four propulsion systems had to be shut down during the fire. Kittyock actually began to list about seven degrees port side. That's to the left. Many of the af- aircraft were actually moved to the right to balance the ship until they were able to bring the fire under control and two propulsion systems restored. Because without being under when you're underway without the forward momentum, you're going to start hmm. like going sideways. Wow. Think about it, like turning. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> I just find this all very interesting. What can I say? She then went back to Subic Bay until the damage could be assessed and repairs made. Um, but there were three more days they had to wait before they reached the port because, you know, they were underway when this happened. Six enlisted sailors died in the fire, and they were all, as far as I can tell, fire firemen. Hmm. They said FR for a couple of them, and Fireman Apprentice was actually spelled out for the FA. So I'm guessing R is just another rating. Sure. So more um, senior. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Michael Deverich, Lynn Chambers, Kevin Johnson, Alan Champagne, Samuel Cardenas, and Joseph Tulipana. 34 sailors were treated for smoke inhalation and major, and several minor injuries, as well as a broken wrist. So, I thought that was interesting. And that's 1973, she transitioned from primarily flight activity to sub hunting. Um, she actually uh, helped with re- aiding refugees in small boats fleeing Vietnam in 1979. She was sent off the coast of Korea following the assassination of Republic of Korea President Park Chung-hee. Hmm. It was extended for two and a half months to support contingency operations in the North Arabian Sea during the Iran hostage crisis. And so, you know, there's, they've received numbers of medals for their work that they did like that. Her next film appearance was 1980 movie Final Countdown. My husband actually said, oh, was she in that? I'm like, oh, yeah, that's that weird movie that you like. (laughs) (laughs) She was supposed to be the Nimitz. Mm. Um, Yeah, they filmed her on her way back to Pearl Harbor from a Western Pacific deployment. Mm. Yeah, and they had crew manning the rails, which always looks cool. I don't know if you've ever seen a... uh, ship come to port but it looks pretty cool i've seen seen on tv a decent amount yeah i think on tv but i don't when i was in san diego i saw them a couple times and it just it's amazing to see this it's like a skyscraper on Mm. its side and it's still freaking tall as hell going past you and little tiny dots of people all the way around Hmm. in 1985 people magazine printed an article stating that the kitty hawks missiles and jet parts were being illegally smuggled into Iran at the time considered a hostile nation and it was revealed that Kitty Hawk's petty officer Robert W. Jackson was the one who who said this so Mm. later the FBI arrested seven suspects involved in the smuggling scheme and it was later part of the Iran-Contra scandal Mm. so she had a really busy life wow um, and in 1986, an airman was killed during flight operations when he was struck by an aircraft while checking the E-longs during a launch. Ow. Ouch. Um, she actually went out for OEF in October, October 2001, right after September 11th. She was one of the mm. aircraft. She was one of the um, groups that was sent out there. She also was involved in Southern Watch and Iraqi Freedom in the Persian Gulf. She originally was supposed to do a short trip and ended up out there 110 continuous days at sea. And I was like, well, how long are you usually at sea? Mm -hmm. Six to nine months is pretty typical because, well, they have to return to port here and there for the big maintenance. Sure. But anyhow, it's interesting that she went from like Vietnam to the Gulf War. Yeah. Both gulf wars yeah <laughs> wow yeah quite a history i ran contra scandal <laughs> she's been she went through a lot of stuff man hmm. yeah well yeah. yeah wait it's still gonna be a short episode even yeah. though i went down my rabbit hole from hell sorry guys yeah this one was it has so much potential to i'm so interested in the details i know I mean, the people, we can only get so much, obviously, more about the murderer right. than yeah. the murdered. But they just seem like, you know, normal people yes. going about their day. And then this dude, just for whatever reason, and we may never know his reason, 
And they didn't say if her uncle had been dead for a while either. Yeah. Because, you know, you'd think he would have said something if she went missing. Yes. So I'm thinking, I, I and I mean, of course, this is all speculation, but I think that he probably killed the uncle either right before or right after he killed the others, you know? Yeah. And well, and you wonder if maybe he killed the mother-daughter and then... Mm-hmm did stuff with the little boy before killing him i don't i don't know right it was such a different location yeah and i mean it could be that he killed some of them at the uncle's house it could be that he killed them in the woods it could be did they go camping they didn't say it was anywhere near camping sites whether they had gone camping and then just never returned from a camping trip yeah that could be that was one of her favorite things was going camping that's true yeah so, mm. yeah, I just, uh, oh, I want to know. Yep. <laughs> I totally want to know, too. And, yeah, for a quiet location that's very small, mm-hmm. really, really dinky little dry county. Yes. <laughs> yeah. In Arkansas. So you have to go elsewhere to buy alcohol in a store to take home. Mm-hmm. But you can go drink it at the brewery. Yeah, and <laughs> but well, I mean you they know, they filled a need, it, you know. And I think we've both experienced different alcohol laws. Where like I mean, when we lived in Nebraska, you could buy it in the in like Walmart or mm-hmm. wherever in the grocery store, except for Sundays before noon. I think you had to wait till afternoon before you could buy oh. any. I never tried to, I guess I never tried to buy alcohol before noon on a well, You know, it, it was one of those things. It was like before noon, you could not purchase any, but afternoon you're fine. So I guess for football purposes, if you didn't, needed your alcohol for Sunday football games, you had to get it on Saturday. Saturday. Well, what the heck were you doing watching anything other than the Huskers anyway? I mean, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> That's all Nebraska. More red cars sold in Nebraska than any other color. Yes. I made the mistake of going to the grocery store on Saturday once wearing a red sweater. It (laughs) didn't even have Husker memorabilia. And this guy just started talking to me and I'm looking at him like, what in the heck are you talking about? Because it's not like he was clearly (laughs) say, hi, are you going to watch the Husker game? No, he just went into talking about like players and stuff. And I'm going... Who are you? I don't know these names. I am not an avid college football player. Well, I actually do like watching college football because it's before they're getting the big money. But at the time, like, I didn't know any damn Husker players. I I did get into it while I lived there. I have to say that since I've moved away, I think I've only watched a handful of games and i think it's just because when you're in it you know you're like right and it's on all the local channels too where the huskers aren't necessarily doing all that great so they're not going to be the top build club okay so we've kind of gone off topic but um (laughs) so going back to the alcohol like here in maryland um you do not buy alcohol in In a grocery grocery store or a 7-eleven right you have to go to an actual alcohol store like a package store yes so every every state is a little bit different when it comes to that which is kind of interesting yeah and well there we go with the whole state's laws versus federal laws because i mean yeah. on base where i live now it is basic you can get alcohol at the class six which okay. is kind of sort of also the gas station mm-hmm. it's kind of like a Seven Eleven. yeah but yeah here but it you, is if you go to yeah. a if you go to a gas station, you won't find any alcohol. But uh-uh. if, I think if you go to Pennsylvania, you will. I don't remember. Yeah. I, yes. 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 I, I just was went through Pennsylvania on my trip yeah. that I had. And I remember in Illinois. And New York as well. You could get it in a gas station. Yes. Because that's part of what fills the cooled. Right. Uh, the refrigeration section is alcohol. Not yeah. here in Maryland. If you try to do that in Maryland, sorry, too bad, so sad. You have to go find yes. somewhere else. And like Rips, the on three, mm-hmm. well, uh, three hundred one actually. It's 
it's considered 301 right there. It, the roads that change names as you continue straight. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah, you can go in there and buy the sandwiches and all that other fun stuff, but they actually have like the area where the alcohol is, is like the lights are off over there and you're like, what, what's uh, going on here? That's, yeah. that's the first place I ran into it when we first moved here back in 98. I'm like, or I, I moved here and Sean's like, oh yeah, no, you can't buy that on the weekend, on Sunday. I'm like, why not? It's right there because <laughs> it's sunday okay you yeah. can't buy it on sunday either yeah yeah it's so you know every every is you can buy beer but not liquor on sunday yeah i think that's right I yeah think you can get beer all sorts of weird very rules. weird yeah. Yep. yeah because why not i mean yeah <laughs> so. anyhow we we've we've we crossed the gambit here. Yeah. So, I I mean, I know that this episode, we kind of went all over the place. And, and didn't talk about the murder all that much because uh, there's just not no enough details. to tell you. Um, but we hope you enjoyed it anyhow. Um, you know, as always, thank you for listening to Nothing, Nothing Happens, Happens in a Small, small town, town, where things do happen. And small towns are not the quiet, quaint places you think they are. They definitely are high in theft. So get your... Rain cameras, cameras whatever, whatever secure simply safe whatever whatever <laughs> safety thing you need <laughs> right because that def- and then when murders do happen ooh, do they happen yes so uh our patreon page is www.patreon.com slash nothing happens in a small town our instagram us- username and profile is nothing, nothing happens in a small town, town. Our Twitter username profile is Nothing, Nothing Happens in a Small Town at N-H-I-A-S-T. Facebook is Nothing, Nothing Happens in a Small Town at N-H-I-A-S-T 2021. Gmail is Nothing Happens in a Small Town at gmail.com. And feel free to email us suggestions. We love them. We love them. And our next episode will be our 20th. No. Can you believe wow. it? I'm so I'm just so happy that we've we've found this outlet. You know, and we actually have a lot of followers. I was I'm surprised. so surprised. I'm like, I think we've had about a hundred uh, downloads of our episodes lately, where it's oh. like about a hundred every time, which it's like, ooh. I'm sorry cool. if we didn't give you enough details on murder this time. Yeah. I hope you like the USS Kitty Hawk. Yes. <laughs> And I mean, and our little talk about alcohol and the Huskers and... You know, alcohol is very important. Oh, sorry. Well, you know, while we still have rights and can go buy it. Yes. That would be... Please don't take this away. Please don't take away my rum. And my wine. I mean... Be a very sad, sad girl. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, you all have a great week and we'll... You'll hear us again in two weeks. Yes. You won't see us... No. 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 That's okay. Uh, sorry. No makeup. No. no. <laughs> I don't really do makeup and I don't really do pictures either. Yeah. Me either. We're, we're going to get some eventually for, for this just so we can post can a couple. But, you see know. See who we are. Yeah. Put a face to the name. Yeah. Other than our friends. My, my friend, Teresa, she's, we're going to, we're going to get her to come do some pictures for cool. us. Cool. Yeah. But yeah, okay. So we're we're still talking. We're still rambling. Yeah. <laughs> we'll probably ramble for a while after we turn this off. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank so, you all for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.